0: Hi, I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Indianapolis, Indiana.
1: And I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics located in Southgate, Kentucky.
0: And welcome to Wheel
1: Talk. Hey guys, we've loved answering all of your questions so far. If you'd like to hear your question on the podcast, please send them to us on Instagram at wheeltalkpodcast or by email to wheeltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks.
0: Hello. Hello. Hi, Ryan.
1: <laughs> Hi, Becca. It's been a while since we've chatted, just the two of us.
0: Just I know. the two
1: of us. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing alright. I uh
1: lifted a uh, thousand pounds of clay into the vehicle and out of the vehicle and um oh, that's always fun. I'm restocked, so it's it's taking up more room in my studio, and it makes me feel like my studio is super unorganized with all the clay, bu- the, the clay and then the glaze buckets just everywhere. It's like you can't even get to the wedging table. It's nuts.
0: If my studio is that is like that, I won't even work. I just won't go in there.
1: <laughs> well, uh, well, like, my assistant's going to be over tomorrow to prep clay, and I'm like, uh, we're just going to put some boards on top of the wheels, and they can... They can prep the clay right there on top of the wheels instead of over at the wedging table because, yeah, let's not complicate it. (sighs) Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I had a show this weekend. It's already Wednesday, but I had a show this past weekend. Um, We actually haven't chatted since I started doing shows, but I had the show on May 1st, which was my best show I've ever done, single day or two day.
0: Yes, and I I know what you made. I don't know if you want to say what you made, but... I can say made, it.
1: I sold more than $4,000 worth of stuff in one day.
0: Fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and th- so this was the show, the Clay Alliance Spring Pottery Fair. We... <clears throat> so I'm the president of the Clay Alliance, and we were kind of on the fence about whether we were going to do the show on time or not do the show on time. COVID's a reality. All these other... <clears throat> not all these other, but a few other shows were canceling, and... there was kind of questions about whether you could hold an event and what precautions to do Um, because we had to cancel it last year. But we ended up doing it because it's completely volunteer run. Like, it's members that step up to join the committee to plan it and everything. And I was basically, like, a co-chair of the event. So we had a group of, you know, six or seven of us that planned it and put it on. So, yeah, there was about 35 artists there. And I think the overwhelming result was, like, everybody was pleased with it that I heard from. You know, all the people that were there, like, sold well. They probably didn't sell as well as I did. Everybody, I was probably in the top maybe 10% of the artists that sold that well. Yeah. But um, from what I heard of all the other artists, I mean, it's a, it's a collector happy. show. Like, people come back to that show every year, and it's yeah, a lot of the people that sell full-time. Like, it's usually their best show of the year. That's awesome. And people come back. So people were happy to be there. It was really nice. I would say, you know, uh, probably 90% of the people were masked out there. It was outdoor. Everybody spread out. Um, Yeah, it was perfect weather. And, yeah, that show went great. I had a show this weekend that was uh, a newer one. It used to be in a brewery, and they moved it outside to this park that was – about fifteen minutes north of where it normally was, so it was a little bit like outside of the neighborhood that it was usually. So it kind of had to pull yeah. people there, but it was nice. It was great weather again, and I sold a little over two thousand bucks there. So like
0: shit, Ryan, you're gonna do so fucking good this year. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for be, you.
1: It's gonna be good. So I've been uh, a lot of those sales were lower priced items, but like. I sold 55 spoon rests at the spring pottery fair. Like that was crazy. And I sold like 35 of them at this show, this past weekend, like, and I raised the prices on them. So I was a little iffy about the whole like $12 to $15 price change. And Mm -hmm. like they're selling well, I'm, I got to make some more. I keep making more and yeah, I'm trying to, trying to do that. So it's, it's been good. I'm happy with it. And I'm glad I have another basically like, from right now, I have another couple weeks before my next show, so... Yeah. I have only a couple shows in June, and then July will start kind of ramping up a little bit, but...
0: When are we doing the backyard show?
1: <clears throat> at the end of the July.
0: July well, 24th I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I mean, obviously, I'm coming, but, like... Whether you'll have pieces or not. I don't have a kiln yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, if not, you can just uh, hang out with us at the house and... Yeah. You know... Rachel's going to sell there, I think. Her dad's going to sell there. I'm going to sell there. Yeah, there'll be a yeah. few of us there. So there should be... I think there's going to be about 10 or so. We're going to max out at 12. I think we've got about... Nice. ...set about nine on board right now. So. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Should be good. So nice. that's been my last couple of weeks and pretty cool. much it. So how about yourself?
0: Um... Uh, it's been okay. I've been, ooh, um, I've been okay. I, um, I'm, uh, let's see. I feel like nothing's really changed all that much. I got, um, I started taking, this is not clay related at all, but I started taking, uh, an antidepressant because it, uh, might help with my fibromyalgia and, uh, it's fibromyalgia. Oh yeah, so fibromyalgia is like when you are sore all the time, essentially. Oh, so it's like a muscle and thing. Yeah, it's an autoimmune disease that I have. So, um, so anyway, um, I started taking this antidepressant that's supposed to help with it, and I took it at night, and I was up like wide awake at four a.m. <laughs> and, and is that then, one of the uh, then,
1: by, uh symptom or not symptoms the side, side effects? effects?
0: Yeah I don't know like I and then I took it in the morning today now I kind of feel like I'm hung over all day and so I'm like still trying to figure out like what is going on with it but when I texted you and I was like can we start later that's because I was sleeping. Oh
1: (laughs) (laughs) so you're still figuring out like what time of day to take it where it's beneficial and it doesn't like kill your productivity.
0: Yeah because it sounds like it
1: would be a relaxant right?
0: I don't know. I don't know for sure for your but... muscles
1: and stuff, but you said antidepressant, so it's not
0: Yeah, and I thought it was really strange like the guy the doctor was like, "Yeah, it's an antidepressant, but it also helps with um with mu- like the pain." And mm-hmm. so I was like, "That's sweet. I could kill two birds with one stone." Yeah. <laughs> he was like I he's like, "Do you are you depressed and anxious?" I'm like, "Yeah, fuck yeah." <laughs> like <laughs> You
1: still have, uh, with you throwing more and whatnot on a daily basis, I remember you used to have more foot issues. Do you still have those kind of foot problems with your, or maybe that was just a side effect of your old wheel?
0: Oh, yeah. So, that's why I bought this new wheel, for sure, was because of that. Uh, Because, okay, so for everybody that doesn't know, I have this thing called a subtalar coalition in my right ankle and essentially something's messed up with my like cartilage between the bones and my ankle or something like that and I was born with it and um so that's why I can't stand while throwing uh it's super duper painful and um anyway yeah it's 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 been a lot better I think that obviously I think that the environment change has been really good I noticed that when when it's going to start raining, my ankle starts swelling and, like, hurting more. So, I'm wondering if, like, because I was in Washington and it rains, like, every single day, if that was an issue. Oh, that's interesting. Like, obviously, humidity and, like, weather changes are known to, like, cause, like, bone and stuff issues, like, with soreness and stuff. But, so, I've just noticed that every time it rained, my ankle started hurting. So, I was like, oh. And then... Um, you know, I've been eating a lot better and I'm stopped eating gluten. So that's helped with like inflammation and stuff. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it has been a lot better. I haven't really had any issues at all. I wasn't sure if that Um, was
1: because partially because of the like mechanical nature of your old wheel that you had to kind of keep your foot stand like steady. I don't know if your new wheel, can you take your foot off and it stays or?
0: Yeah, you can take your foot off in the States, and obviously, I mean, I leave it on there because I throw with so many variable speeds, but um, I think it's a little bit more ergonomical for my foot, so that's nice.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I threw on your old wheel one time at your studio, your new studio, and I was like, this is weird.
0: Yeah, it's fucking weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's um, (laughs) uh, for everybody that doesn't know, my old wheel is a Soldner, which is the same as my new wheel but it's got a wooden foot pedal that's connected to a bike chain that's connected to the motor so it's but it's wooden but it's not like
1: static anywhere it's not it's not Mm -mm. it it feels like it's like half halfway together (laughs) like it needs something to sit on the floor to keep it like at the certain angle and you just put your foot on it to push it down and push it back like
0: yeah it's like floating in the air yeah and like the bottom of the boards on the floor yeah so it's a little strange. I remember when I bought it the lady was like you're going to have to come here and look at this wheel before you put a put a hold on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um but uh yeah, I uh oh, anyway, apart from that, on a side note, I have um I started painting a little bit more and my friend Jen ordered a painting from me and so I'm starting to do that, which is kind of fun. I had some issues with the uh with the um sealant today so that'll be interesting
1: before you finished it or were you just doing it for fun and they saw it and were it's like i want something like that
0: no she commissioned it for her dad i gotcha okay yeah so um but yeah i've been having some issues with that which is really not great but it's fine it's whatever and then on top of that i've just i've gotten into a lot of um what we're gonna talk about today, pretty much. I've yeah really gotten into um, finance and stuff in the last couple of weeks, and I've decided that I'm gonna be a millionaire by the time that I'm 40. And What's how old goal? are you right now? I'm 31.
1: Is that a taboo? I texted question my dad, and
0: he said it's not <laughs> gonna be an issue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. There you go.
0: I don't know. Have you like? Can you imagine getting a text like from your kid being like, "Hey, dad." I want to be a millionaire by the time that I'm 40. How does that sound? He probably doesn't even know how old I am.
1: Probably <laughs> so you're like, wait, are you 28 or... Oh, oh 31. Ooh, All right. uh, that's going to be tough.
0: Somebody yesterday was like, well, you got two decades to go. And I was like, I'm 31. <laughs> like, that's nine years. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Well, just because you're a millionaire doesn't mean you... That doesn't mean you make a million dollars as a salary every year. It's just you have a million dollars no. to your name.
0: Yeah, but that's what I've decided. And I think it's a really, like, it's hey, like a really scary... Hey, set your goal scary. and figure
1: out how to uh, what? work your... Set your goal and figure out a way to work towards it little by little. and.
0: Yeah. Yeah, making, and like,
1: making the right decisions.
0: How cool would that be if I became a millionaire and I made less than $40,000 a year doing it?
1: There you go. And documenting along I, the way of just like I should probably here's start a I'm fucking doing. blog. What's that?
0: I should probably start a blog.
1: There you go. If you call like it. writing and all that.
0: Yeah, I'll <laughs> call it pot of gold.
1: There you go. Pots of <laughs> pots of gold. Pot of gold.
0: Uh, the goldie pots. The gold pots. Um anyway. Uh, okay. So we're going to talk about that, but we're going to hit a um, listener question and then a what would you do if? Um, let's do what would you do if, and I have a story about that. Okay. So two weeks ago, we did a what would you do if, and it was the one where there's our train. It was the one where, um, third co host making an appearance. There it goes. <laughs> um, it was the one where we were talking about what would happen if the lid collapsed and Val Flynn, one of my like best friends, was listening and she was like super into it and she was like freaking out a little bit and then <laughs> right when we were talking about it, a huge piece in her kiln exploded. <laughs> <laughs> like she had this she had this like um footstone or something for her husband that exploded in in the kiln and she said that it freaked her out so bad (laughs) just because it was like really loud when we were talking about the kiln
1: yeah i bet that would and then you hear it initially and you're like listening to sound if like you hear shelves collapsing and crashing (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah. jeez Alright, okay.
1: so the what would you do if is actually similar to that, is what would you do if you hear a pot or pots blow up during a bisque firing?
0: I think we should make this a two-part. What would you do if you heard pots doing doing a bisque firing or and a glaze firing?
1: Oh, I've actually bisque had experience firing? With, the, with both, but yeah.
0: Bisque firing? What can you do?
1: I mean, you I can't think- really do anything, it's just... The bisque firing is the lower risk of the two. It's like, obviously, your pieces aren't done yet. Like, if your pieces blow up in a glaze, like, your shit's going to stick to other stuff. So, like, that's more of a risk. But the bisque firing, I feel like it's not as big of a deal unless you have a bunch of other stuff stacked inside it or something. And, like, the, the, you know, blowing up causes other stuff to shift. I mean, maybe, but... I don't feel like it's I mean you can't really do anything about it either but I mean I don't know what do you think?
0: Um I uh okay I've had plenty of things blow up in the bisque plenty. Uh not in the last couple of years but <clears throat> uh I, you just let it be. Are there common opinion. forms that blow up that you've had? Bigger ones or thicker thicker pieces like uh, I was trying to push a bisque for a student once, and it was, like, a really thick piece, and it blew up in the bottom. Um, but, like, how I How thick guess are we talking, and
1: how long did you have a hold on it for people to kind of get an idea?
0: I probably had a hold on it for, like, an hour. Oh, um, And, like, it, and it was in my little kiln. No, like, they needed it the next day. They were, like, Holy trying fret. to push me to fire it the next day. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'll try. And so... I did, and then, and I was trying to, like, release some of the, you know, I would always vent my kilns by opening up the top a little bit, and um, I, like, looked in there, because when they explode, they're exploding at, like, 300 degrees. They're not exploding at, like, 12 degrees.
1: Well, yeah, they're exploding at boiling points, so it's most likely, like, 210 degrees or something like that, you know? Yeah,
0: 210, whatever, like, up there. (laughs) And so, um, like, I guess you can turn it off, like, you can turn off your kiln and put it back on two hundred and, and boil it out. If you if it's you know, if it's like a popcorn effect where everything's exploding, turn the fucker off. <laughs> but <laughs> but I feel like all but, of it's
1: gonna happen at the same about the same time, right? Based on the thickness, I mean
0: I suppose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be within minutes of each other, I would guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like you know, if you have, like, one thick piece in your, your kiln and that's the thing that explodes, like, in the, all the other ones, they're probably fine. So you just let it go, biscuit all the way through, and clean it up when it's done.
1: Yeah. I mostly had pieces that... It was a lot of um, pitchers because I have a that clay at the bottom where the sidewall meets the floor was usually, like, yeah. maybe an inch thick. Because I don't trim them, so I kind of, like, smooth them off. Or it could be like a serving bowl that has a thicker bottom with a trimmed foot or sometimes oil bottles have done that when I rushed them because I yeah. don't I don't trim them. They might have a three quarter inch thick where the sidewall meets the foot. That's usually the thickest part of my pieces that, that blow out. And usually they'll blow out the bottom and then they'll like, you know, the sides and everything will be fine because they're only, you know, a quarter inch thick or yeah. an eighth of an inch or whatever they are. So maybe I mean, you I start just,
0: trimming your pitchers uh,
1: that's kind of <laughs> awkward I don't know how to sometimes I would facet them usually what I do when I start blowing pieces up is I'll like definitely not rush them like don't throw them in a kiln and use the the uh hold setting to get them like i don't I would much rather wait another firing than yeah. put a hold for like six hours on a bisque kiln like
0: sometimes i yeah
1: i'm going to have a kiln that fires between those two firings and like i'll i would rather throw those pitchers on top of the best kiln that i'm gonna load that i have confidence nothing's gonna blow up and dry them out more and more because they're sitting on top of a kiln that's really fucking hot i'd rather do that and then put them in the next kiln and that gives me more confidence that hey i could fire this kiln and like probably put a two-hour hold on it and these pieces are gonna be fine or one hour hold and they'll be fine
0: yeah, I feel like in wa- like when I was in Washington, and I feel like it's the same here, is that the humidity is so high that it doesn't really matter when you put them in, they're always going to be, like, not all the way dry, you know, so you got to hold it at least a little bit. Um, but I've always thrown my pieces pretty damn thin, so I've never held all that much. The only reason that there was, like, long holds was ever because of students. Um, yeah.
1: I would imagine a lot of those student places like they have to they have to put like six hour holds on them in a minute. Oh yeah,
0: they would have to. Plus, they they're working to.
1: week to week, and like they got to get those things cycled through there quick.
0: Yeah. If if in a, if a pot, I've never had a pot explode in the glaze kiln.
1: Well, I haven't I had a like pot explode. Maybe if you're single firing, that would be an issue.
0: Yes, if you were single firing, that would be an issue.
1: You gotta know what the hell you're doing for single firing, man. That stuff... I've single fired one thing before. And it was just a mug, I think. Because it was iffy. I was... The whole glazing part was, like, scary to me. But I just did, like, a single dip kind of thing. Like, it wasn't that fancy. Yeah, no, but... it's,
0: it freaks me out, too. Like, um, but yeah, you have to bisque it first. And then you switch it over. Once you hit quartz inversion, then you go all the way up. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Um... I think that if like, I feel like not not like what would you do if, but my reaction if I heard an explosion or like ch- shelves tumbling in a glaze kiln is I'd probably just sit on the floor. I would <laughs> rather, I would probably just like find a corner and sit on the floor and just be quiet for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I said at the beginning that I had that experience with a glaze kiln, but the thing that I had that blew up in a glaze kiln was a cone pack. I've had a cone pack Ugh. explode in a glaze kiln because I didn't because let you're that dry single enough.
0: firing the the cone like, pack, yeah, yeah.
1: So now I've learned make your cone packs before you really need them, like yes, like a week before at a minimum, and then like just
0: make a bunch, make like thirty of them.
1: Yeah. Well, I make. You know, I make a bunch of them. I might have, make, like, 15 or 25 or something, but, and then I get down, and I only have, like, two left, and I'm like, well, I need a third one because I put them at the m- bottom, middle, top. Yeah. And it's like,
0: uh. In that this case, I reminder. would probably
1: rather, like, not put a cone pack in there if it's going to be, like, made that minute because I'm not going to put a hold on a glaze kiln.
0: Have you ever gotten those, um... I used to, you know... <laughs>
1: <laughs> those brick things that you can put yeah. the cones in? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're fucking great. Like I, um, I bought like four of them, and even because I only <sighs> that would put be great. What?
1: That would be great. I need to get some of those. I was. You I should. Keep...
0: I mean, they're like two dollars, and really, it saves you so much time. You just stick the cones in. The only thing that's a bummer, I would maybe put kiln wash on them or something. The only thing that's a bummer is that if you have a really like melted cone, it's hard to get it off. But, um, I usually just put two cones in because I know right up my, my kilns are so consistent. So I didn't really need the f- like four, you know, if I was firing a five, I would do five and six. Um, yeah. I've seen some but, people
1: use soft brick, So they'll take like old brick that they use, chop it yeah, up into a, a little idea. square and then cut out the little triangles for the cones and just use soft Yeah, You brick.
0: just, you just got to make sure it's at like the right angle, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like that you could even, you could even make one a little bit bigger and fire it all the way and just continue to fire that one too and coat it with some kiln wash mm-hmm. or some aluminum. Yeah, something. I mean, I would
1: definitely use it to just reuse the same ones over and over if I could. Yeah. Or at least have them as a backup, like in case I come yeah. into that situation where I didn't make cone packs and I just wanted to throw one in there, like. Yeah. I really,
0: that's like one of those little like super low cost things that just makes your life so much easier is those little
1: bricky things. Yeah, I don't know if the supplier's near me. Like if I went to Queen City Clay, I don't know that they have those.
0: Yeah, like I was surprised to see them. uh, Like I was like, oh, what are these? (laughs) Yeah, I would totally buy them
1: if I saw them there, but it, it could be one of those where it's like on a shelf somewhere that I just don't see. Right. Like it should be right there by the cones. Like,
0: hey, get some of these. Yeah, mine were right by the uh, posts. They were not by the cones. They were by the posts. So Yeah,
1: well, the cones are above the posts in there, so it's, like, right by each other yeah. in the kill shelves and stuff. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to the questions?
0: We should move on.
1: All right. We're at 24. Um, all right. So this is kind of similar a little bit. So the first part is um, Alexia, Alexa Michelle Pottery. Uh, when do you recommend registering as a business and do you have a separate bank account for your business? I don't know what they mean by registering as a business. Does that mean like, like taking your name kind of thing? Like federally, like registering your name, your business name? Is that kind of what they mean by that?
0: I think so. Yeah. I guess like it's different for states because apparently in Indiana, you don't need a business license. Um... You just need a I haven't looked totally into it because I haven't really done any business, but um you just need a tax per license, like a tax license. Yeah.
1: I think that's I the same say, in Kentucky. Like does it and it matters based on if you're sole proprietor and stuff like that too, I'm guessing, right?
0: Yeah. So like in Washington you have to get a business license pretty like your business license, you have to have it to get the tax license. So a, a reseller's permit. So um I mean, I'm a big fan of just doing it right away. Honestly. That just means you
1: have an FEIN number?
0: Yeah. That's what you mean
1: by your business license? Well, that's a UBI. federal number.
0: UBI number. UBI number. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of doing it right away, but like, if this is like a side hustle that you might not want to do and might want to do, then I would say maybe wait a little while. But if you're like full force balls to the walls, I would say do it now. What's the, what's Why are the you waiting?
1: benefit of it when it's got, like, like what's a, does it differ at all if your name is in the business name? Like, are you worried about claiming it so nobody else claims it, or?
0: No, you're worried about getting audited. Okay. Like, you don't want to be doing business illegally. Well, you're still,
1: are you trying to say, like, if you're not registered as a business, that means you're not paying taxes on the right. income? Okay. Yeah. That's just saying that hey, I'm a business. I'm going to be paying income taxes, yeah, and sales tax and stuff like that. Sales
0: tax and stuff like that. So okay, yeah, I would say do it immediately. And then um, also, my rule of thumb is when you start the business, you get a business account. They yes, go hand in definitely. Hand. Business bank account is necessary when you own a business.
1: And, you do, and the thing is, like, my bank account for the business is not considered, like, a business account. Mine is just a separate checking account.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah.
1: I, like, I'm a sole proprietor, so it's, like, my name. It's got my names on the checks and stuff like that. Like, it's not, a, like, you don't have to pay a monthly fee or a yearly fee for, like, a business banking account to say, I am doing this for the business. Like, right. it could just, I... we just mean, like, separate accounts.
0: Yeah, and, like, I don't know if I... I'm pretty sure I've always had a regular business account. Um, I've gone, like, full-tilt uh, business. Uh, and it is is—it is a thing. Like, it is a, a process to get a business bank account. Like, you have to have a letter from the Secretary of State. You have to have, like, all these weird things that I was, like... <laughs> is that... What's the One difference between found...
1: having it as a business account versus a, a consumer account? Like, is there... I assume there's legalities in there of, like. I,
0: I think it's, like, if you have an, I, I'm not, I don't know, but this is my guess. I think it's that if you have, like, an LLC, it creates, like, a barrier for liability. Um,
1: right, okay. Otherwise, my accounts are all considered my money. Right, exactly. All of my exactly. accounts.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so, um, but also, (laughs) I have to tell you that when I went to do my business account, I was, like, trying to find all these letters, and you have to get, like, a letter from the Secretary of State, like, stating that, like, you signed up as an LLC, blah, 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 and I could not find that letter, like, anywhere, anywhere. Basically, your
1: acceptance letter of saying, like, you're officially an LLC, here's your certificate of authenticity.
0: Right, and then I, um, or maybe I did find that letter, but then two years later, two years later, I found it in the pile that I had to shred.
1: Oh, no.
0: <laughs> and I had already asked for a second one, because you can ask for a replacement, but I, I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's right. I did it. I found it for my bank account, but then when I was applying for a loan, I had to find it again, and it was a shit show. I couldn't find it anywhere.
1: That needs to be in your safe, your protective safe Mm -hmm. that you have all your important documents in.
0: Right. In my case, a cardboard box, but... I figure having this entire building catch on fire is highly unlikely. It's all brick and
1: stuff. (laughs) It's brick and concrete and like the ceilings are wood, but.
0: Yeah. It's all in the past anyway. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Do we want to stick to that one and we'll answer the other one later? I think the other one's probably a little bit more. yes okay all right so thanks for that alexa and we will move into what we're chatting about today becca yes cue us up
0: okay okay so i have been a lot of a lot of well okay we a lot of us know our backgrounds financially kind of but or kind of where we're at because we've talked about it a little bit. But um, I just recently—I don't know why—I've um, always been kind of like thinking about getting into investments and stuff like that. And then in the last like two weeks, I've dived, 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 dove, dove. I've <laughs> I dove like super deep into the, like the financial spectrum of things and. I've, I've been, um, if you're going to be listening to this next week, so, um, some of you probably remember the marathon of stories that I've done in the last two days. The little
1: Pac-Man chicklets of stories that are like.
0: (laughs) So fucking ridiculous, um, about how to do a budget and how to, um, allocate funds and stuff like that. So anyway, um. I stumbled upon this podcast, Choose Fi, which I mentioned last week, Um, and uh, I've been listening to that, and then also, like, kind of, my dad is financially independent and stuff like that, so um, I've just been kind of, like, thinking about it, and I've decided that I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40, which is... He laughs and I laugh every time I say it because I think that it's not possible, but I do think it's possible at the same time. Like my dad said, it was possible.
1: Is is that like a <laughs> is that like a forty three a day till May goal, or is that like?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, like we're is in, like the,
1: in the in in relation to when you set that goal. Let's see, forty three a day till May. You set that in what February, or and I, January? I did it
0: for like a month.
1: Okay, so you said, but you said it in, like, January, and you made it, like, a month, and then you were like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore.
0: <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah, it might be like that, we don't know.
1: So it'll be, like, two <laughs> years down the road, you'll be like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm or, not doing I'm that. Or, I'm fucking <laughs> killing it, I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know, I feel like, um, I feel like it's attainable, you know, with what I have, uh, maybe not, but, you know... I was I was I I did the math and if, if I made um I just need to make ten thousand mugs at a hundred dollars a piece and I've made a million dollars. That's really what. what? <laughs> Would you say ten thousand? <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you talking about at your production pottery rate, or are you talking about if you sell your personal work?
0: No, if I sell 10,000 of my personal mugs.
1: (laughs) 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 You better get fucking going. That kiln does not get... We can't wait for that kiln, Becca.
0: (laughs) I know. I was like, that's not going to happen. That's like 119 a month. Something like that.
1: Holy crap. And you got to sell that many. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you'd have to find the people to sell it to. Yeah.
1: But the thing is, as you make more, the price goes up because you can't keep up with the demand. Like, that's assuming you sell them all at $100 a piece, I'm assuming, right?
0: That's correct. And that I don't have any expenses at all. <laughs> <laughs> but if I keep doing production pottery, I can use that as my main income and then put um, all of the stuff that I make in pottery on the side, my side gig, side hustle... I can put that into savings and start investing it. So, um, I actually, uh, we started me and like five women that follow me on Instagram. We started a little tiny book club and we're listening to an investment book. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. Good old book
1: club. Did book clubs yeah. still make it through COVID? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Probably, probably met remotely. Got a little I've Zoom I've never book been in a club. book club. I haven't either. I hate books, but...
0: We're doing the audiobook clip. We're doing an audiobook clip.
1: I can't even read those.
0: <laughs> you, you don't read them, Ryan. You listen. Like, <laughs> same thing. Same, same. <laughs> 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 <sighs> so, anyway, I was just thinking about how... I think why this is, like, kind of, like, put a fire under my bones or whatever in my belly or... What is the term? Fire
1: under... Light a fire under your ass?
0: Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> I think that the reason was because I listened to this one podcast, and it was this guy, and he was talking about how when he went to, he's a doctor, and when he went to, like, medical school and stuff like that, he found out that, like, doctors just don't know anything about investing. And they don't manage their money well because, like, they make all this money, but they're in debt. You know, yeah, they probably cause... have, like,
1: $500,000 of debt, and they're just...
0: Yeah, and, like, in school and stuff like that. And I was thinking about how, like, all of these podcasts, um, like, even the one that I've been listening to, Choose Fi, it literally says in the tagline, um, like, helping middle America, like, make money or whatever, you know? And I was thinking about how, like, we're not, you are, but we're not middle America. Like, you know, like most artists aren't saving any money and most mm-hmm. artists aren't investing any money and they're not, um, you know, like, it especially sounds like they're y-
1: reaching the nine to five people that have families and Right. they work a, a, a 40 hour week job kind of thing. It sound that's kind of sounds like what they're talking about.
0: Right. And like, you know, it's. It's so – we live such an unpredictable lifestyle as, like, an artist or a potter or what, what have you. And it can be really hard to, like, save money and to um, invest. And, and, like, nobody knows how to do that unless you, like, Seek really... it out
1: and you have interest in it, right?
0: Yeah. And so I've just been kind of, like, thinking about that and, like, just – Is that
1: yeah. a – would you call the the, like – is it partially that there's not enough money to act on that and like like learning about investment is like a luxury i don't think so because you have the money to put toward that kind of stuff versus like i don't even have a thousand dollars of an emergency fund if i need it
0: i think that you can invest i think that you can start to learn to invest with anything. Like I put $10 into Robinhood the other day like just to see it, what it would do. You know, you can start with anything and and you can like that's an I think that's a super valuable lesson to be learning, you know? Like put your kids with, like have your kids pick out penny stocks or something like that. Like there's things that you can do. Um but also like yeah, yeah, that's another thing like an emergency fund like it scares me how many people don't have an emergency fund, and so I think that yeah, it is a luxury until you have that, you know. But but like you know, Andrew, my best friend, Andrew, he's like twenty two. I don't know how old he is. He's somewhere in there, but he puts his he starts invest he's started investing because he's really interested in it, and he you know he doesn't have a lot of money into it. Like <laughs> he'll be like, I lost like. today. And I'm like, I lost 500. How are you doing? (laughs) Like, you know, like, uh, you know, but it's still cool. Like he's still like seeing how it works and, and reading articles and like doing stuff like that. And that's, I think that that's, what's important, you know, like $400. How how do you like,
1: I feel like a lot of the learnings is like kind of troubleshooting a little bit and like, looking at actual numbers and, like, understanding what you're seeing and, like, like how do you know what a stock to buy or, an, like, an index fund? Like, what do you look for? Like, th- do, do those kind of things seem so, like, intricate that it's hard to understand that without talking to someone financial that, like, you probably don't want to spend the money to, like, consult with somebody that is a financial yeah. advisor or something, like, does that make it unattainable or like, how do you know that reading a book about something like gives you confidence and understanding what you're actually doing and like looking at it?
0: I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, you invest. How do you know? (laughs) Like, you know more than I do, but um, I think that, I don't know. I think that, I think that, you know, uh, reading books is a really good way to start. And I don't, and, and, you know, There's people out there like there's this, you know, um, like the Choose Fi podcast has a a community and you can like find Facebook groups about stuff like that. And I think those are really good for learning. That group is specifically focused on being financially independent before you're like. Is there a a
1: delineation? Like what do they consider financially independent?
0: Financially independent essentially means that you can leave your job. And it doesn't hurt you financially, Maybe I believe. your job. Okay. So, I in thought sense, I, When
1: I hear it, I kind of think of, like...
0: You spend fee. money without
1: thinking, like... Without, without it hurting you. You spend money yeah. when you need to spend the money. And you don't have yeah. to worry about it. Like, your bills are paid for. You don't have to worry about it. Or if you're... Like, if you're tires go out on your car like you can replace them because you don't have to worry about it because you have the money to spend on it when you need to and
0: i mean if that was the case then i'm financially independent and i'm definitely not so i
1: suppose it's about Mm. leaving your job it sounds like it's more like retirement kind of yeah
0: so it's like um like we were talking about we had a little bit of a discussion beforehand but we were talking about so the way that this system rolls out is that it's called finance it's called fire it's a the fire movement quote unquote and (laughs) and it stands for (laughs) finance i
1: can just hear somebody on a keynote stage up at the top (laughs) with this big fire graphic behind them and they're like welcome to the fire movement are you ready to get pumped up (laughs) this is gonna be such a great weekend
0: it's called fire so it's financially independent retire early okay so that's like their whole thing. And it's about maximizing your savings. And um, like they keep saying things like 90% savings rate. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that means. I feel like these <laughs> podcasts really means. need to come with a thesaurus.
1: <laughs> well, it's one of those things where it's it gets so deep <laughs> into it that if they don't re-explain things as if you've never heard it before. Right. Then you're lost. Totally,
0: yeah, and they just like consume. It really does need like a th- thesaurus, thesaurus. As I said right now, um, thesaurus, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. So they basically, it's it's all these people you know that are living on nothing, living on nothing, like like they're like Ryan on crack, <laughs> like. <laughs> and so and I'm like not there I'm not there because I'm still gonna buy art like I you know I'm like one of those people that's still gonna drop a grand on a painting and I'm fine with it but I I do live pretty under my means but but you know they're very focused on um like so this is what they say it's from what I gather after listening to like 10 minutes. It's just going to be
1: an advertisement for this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is what they say. They say that you can No, but I mean, like, this is this is helpful too because I never thought about this before because we don't really think about retiring. I mean, I, I don't think about it when I... Like, I'm a potter. I'm, I'm not, you know, typically that's not the forefront of my conversation. It's yeah. I'm going to work till I die. So... Um, so... In order to retire, they they say that a good rule of thumb is to have to find out how much you need to live on in a year, and multiply that by twenty five. So it's the rule of twenty five or something like that. And um, so what that gives you is the amount of money that you would potentially need to like get to before, like that would be your benchmark for retirement.
1: And this is like a family income, like a family expenses.
0: Yeah, yeah, like whoever yeah like the whole the whole family. So like me, I this is a very um, generous yearly expense of mine it is forty thousand dollars. okay so so forty thousand dollars times 25 is a million. So I would need a million dollars to retire. And then once you retire, then that money compounds because you're making interest off of it. Uh-huh. And, and it's not – and, like, essentially these people that are retiring at, like, 30 and 40 or whatever in our – have found phi. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: that sounds so terrible. <laughs> That's part of the thing when I listen to them. I'm like, they're talking about choose, like finding phi. Fi. I'm like, oh, God
0: it's a cult um (laughs) anyway uh once they've you know gotten there then you know it's it's not necessarily means that you're going to stop working but that you could if you needed to if something happened um or if you want to go traveling you can like if you want to work half the year you can stuff like that so that's kind of the
1: yeah
0: idea about it
1: yeah. I've, uh, the, the other podcasts that I've listened to similar to that in the past, uh, there's like thousands of episodes, but like Dave Ramsey stuff, you yeah. know, listening to those, like, he does a good job of like re explaining the, the topics of what an emergency fund and death snowball and baby steps and all those kind of yeah. things. So, like, generally, I would say I'm like loosely following that. Right. Um, and, you know, I like some of the principles. I'm not like completely like no credit cards or anything like that, but you know, I I like the the ideas of you know avoiding debt when you can. Like if I get another car, I would l- I'm probably not gonna pay for it out of pocket, but I will put a big chunk toward it and mm-hmm. pay that thing down quickly and um you know not like living under my means and not buying stupid shit. You definitely
0: do don't buy stupid shit. If there's anything that Ryan doesn't do, it's buy stupid shit.
1: Like if it's... I see an ad on something, I'll be like, "Fuck!" Like I do not get, I do not get swayed at all by ads. I'm like, "Fuck that!" I know what they're trying to do.
0: Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I buy no. stupid shit. I'm I'm a hundred. When you were looking at
1: your Amazon thing, it kind of made me think. I was like, Rachel, how much do you think we spend on Amazon a month? Because <laughs> it's, it's probably something similar to what you had, but. I mean, I yeah, well, barely in, buy anything, but. in
0: January on Amazon, I spent like $600, but I'm pretty sure moved, that a lot. Though. Yeah, I moved. So, yeah, and now it's down to like 300 or 200 or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, for a long time, a while ago, I just deleted Amazon and it was fantastic. And it was such a great moment. What does that mean? And, you
1: deleted the app off your phone?
0: Yeah, and I, ne- I didn't use it. I, like, did not buy yeah, anything reduce off that,
1: Amazon. Increase that friction so it's harder for you to.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing I was talking about um, this week. Like, so, um, I have two bank accounts. Do you have two bank accounts? Uh, you, well, you have Fidelity, and then you have Chase, I have right?
1: a check. Uh, joint checking, joint savings, business checking, fidelity, and I have a Ameritrade one that's a and I have an HSA too. I have HSA. like six bank accounts.
0: Okay, cool. And you also have a, a wife so that makes sense. I have yeah. two because my savings account, well, I guess I have I have two banks, so I have uh, one in Washington and then I have Fidelity. And I was saying that um, you know we we're t- I was talking this week about um, saving and stuff and I think that it's so hard to save as an artist but what makes it a little bit easier is that this my fidelity account like I forget the password. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't even know how to get to it on my computer. I only can get onto it on my phone because cuz it's like it has auto logged in or something. <laughs> yeah, and so like like I completely forget the password and like I pretty much lock myself out of it probably once a quarter. And have to call him and be like, can you please unlock me? But um, it's like super inconvenient for me to get to. So mm-hmm. it's a really ideal situation for me to save because I can transfer it into there. And I don't have to look automatically. at it automatically, but I can't get any. And then it takes like 12 days for it to get anything out. Like if you transfer it to another bake, it takes like 10 days. And I'm like, I don't have that time, which is so fantastic, because then I don't have to worry about it. It's like, yeah, I mean, you
1: shouldn't be moving money in and out of investment, investment accounts anyways, like those should be for the long term. So,
0: well, I have a checking account with Fidelity, too. Oh, I guess yeah, Yeah. Like I have a checking and savings account. But um, yeah, so I was thinking that I don't know, this is kind of like spitballing around all these different money ideas, but. Uh, It's just been on my mind. We, I feel like we, I don't know, we as a community don't talk about actual money enough. And this whole idea of a starving artist is absolute bullshit. And like, you know, I've been lucky because I sold a house so I got money from that. But like the steps to getting there were not anything spectacular, you know, and... Um,
1: and you, were you using your... Did you initially get into getting that house from your ceramics income, or was it mm-mm. before you even started ceramics full-time that you, you, like, made the down payment and, like, got the mortgage I- and stuff?
0: Ryan, I didn't make a down payment on my house. Oh, you didn't? No. So, like these That's days i thing. feel like
1: you have to with the housing right now
0: i know i got really lucky i um
1: or maybe you I, don't i don't know
0: well so you know when obama was president he brought in that um first time home buyer mm-hmm. situation where you could get a home for with no down payment and since with it was my first house
1: something pi private, something, private mortgage yeah. and pmi private mortgage insurance
0: yeah so i bought the house for basically like the cost of flood insurance and which was eleven hundred dollars so and i have really good credit and so that helped but um yeah so i like didn't buy the house with basically anything and i got really lucky in that regard but i was still making forty thousand dollars that's how much I was making to get that house, and I probably shouldn't have bought the house. Like, it probably wasn't even in my income like range. Correct, like, range. Mm-hmm. I think it was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and and then when I sold it, it was two sixty. I sold it for two sixty. So, um, but like, I didn't put any money into it, and and like, you know. I I don't know. Does it feel like does it feel like to you that our society is so much about like saving but there's no action involved. That's what I feel like.
1: No action? What do you mean by
0: action? Like, um you know, so many people our age and younger, um, still live at their parents' house, which I'm not gonna get into that. But like, you know, the reason is because they're saving for a house or they're saving to do this or they're saving to do that. But then like nine out of 10 times when I hear that, I don't see anything take place after, you know, it's um, like like they're saving
1: for that end goal, but that end goal doesn't come as quickly as they like project it it to or.
0: Yeah. It never comes. And we kind of like, I live my life in a way that you just have to do it. Like if an opportunity arises, you, you do it. And, um, and...
1: What do you mean? You, do you mean you spend the money when an opportunity comes up? Is that what you're talking about when you're kind of, but deciding like, you whether know, to save or spend?
0: Yeah, like, we, I just feel like, especially, like, with finances and stuff, everybody is so scared to do anything with money because it's, you know, money's precious, and I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. but I like, don't know what
1: you're saying. Are you saying... People are more. I feel like we're training people to be consumers. I feel like saving is not sexy. People don't want to hear about how much money you're saving. Who gives a shit? Like
0: no, that's not saving sexy to isn't say I've sexy. I've got
1: forty thousand dollars in the bank or whatever. It's like good for you. It's you know. I feel like it's not sexy to say I saved. It's more sexy to show people like I've got these cool things that you can see outwardly. People don't yeah. want to see your bank account. I feel like that's seen as like showing off or whatever.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Thank you for that. I feel like
1: that's what we're trained more when we see other people. And, like, social media propagates that. And, you know, people want to share the cool stuff that they got. and
0: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe the
1: younger generation of people that are coming up that are, like, in tech and stuff. Like, maybe they have more savings and you don't even know about it. Like, they dress super casual. You have no idea.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I... um. I was gonna say I also think that in regards to like business and when you're saving money for like when you're spending well we've had you know you ran into this this year you made a bunch of money this year and you saved that instead of spending it and it came to kind of like bite you in the ass but um it's gonna be you know,
1: ongoing <laughs> it's
0: gonna, yeah but like you know it's so interesting like okay um, with a business, do you have a really shitty piece of equipment that you got for free, or do you buy one that's more reliable? That you know, maybe you know, it's lasts gonna work for l- the long run, right? <laughs> like, what is so we're switching gears because now, because I don't know, but um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, you know, what's like what's the right direction to go if you want to be financially responsible? And, but like, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I made that money. Like, I want to keep as much money as I can. Why do I right. have to give such a large chunk to somebody else when I if I spend, you know, ten thousand dollars or the forty thousand I made? Or it's like, ah, uh, it's like yeah. a because you have to hand the check over at the end, right? So it's like, or you have to pay the remaining balance at the end of what you didn't pay for. Yeah. Because I made more than I expected to. Um, Or maybe I just bite the bullet and pay more throughout the year. And, like, keep paying way more than I need to. Because it makes me feel better that I don't have to pay as much. But, I mean, it's your money in the end. So, like, you should only pay what you are required to pay, you know? Right. Totally. Like, why overpay? (laughs) That's kind of like when you get a tax refund. Like, that's not because, like... You get an extra check. It's, like, because you pay too much.
0: You pay, Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: like, that should be your money. Uh,
0: it should be your money. Anyway. Or it is your money. Yeah, but, like, so what's the best route? Like, what's the best route for a business when you are starting off and when, like, when you're continuing to go? Like, is it good to buy a bunch of, like, you know, buy a bunch of stuff and go head it like head over heels into going like going into business or is it good to like walk your way up and get things as you go like what's going to be the most i'm the conservative
1: gonna... walk your way up use things until I know. you cannot use them anymore work within your means of what you have like if i'm running low on space i'm not going to go out and buy a re- retail space and like get more room that I need and start getting a monthly rent that I have to pay nine hundred bucks for. Like, I think offended. I'm pointing at you. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pointing at <laughs> you. I'm not pointing at you. I'm just saying
0: <laughs> we all make mistakes, Ryan. We all make mistakes. I'm just saying yeah. I'm
1: not going to jump into a rent situation like. Right. But also we're kind of coming to like, is it going to come to we have to like change homes, you know? Right. Like what's the effort that goes into that? You know how much money have I been saving by not having to pay rent somewhere because I'm in my home, right? Um, but also the whole equipment thing. Um, yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't say I was. I would, but I mean, I'm getting more comfortable like spending money where I need to. Or like, I
0: think you are. No, I've, 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 I've seen that.
1: Or like just getting ahead of, of. Um, you know, making sure that when I need to, I can drop a couple hundred dollars on bags for my shows when I need to, or like, I just bought a bunch of clay when I wasn't completely out, but it's like, I'm not going to wait until I'm in desperate need for it because then something could happen of like, Hey, that they're out of stock of clay. And then I'm going to pay more for it. And I have to go drive two hours to go get it or something like that. Like, yeah, I'm a planner in that aspect that I want to have stockpiled stuff that I'm ready to go with. Um, and that's kind of what I'm comfortable spending the money on because I know it's going to last me a while um, so that I'm not in a desperation situation when something yeah. comes up.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. Man, I look back at the all the stuff that I, like, the past five years, six years, and I think about how many times I, <laughs> I like got into debt and then got out of debt and then got back into debt and then got out of debt and then got back into debt. (laughs) And like the yo-yo effect of like, what was my business? And then the like reality of the fact that if I hadn't made, if I hadn't made the money from the house and paid off all that debt, I don't think that it would have been, I don't think that I would have
1: like, you would still be digging out of it,
0: I would be, and I the business would be no what, not what there. was
1: the what was the decision making like why why did you make those jumps like once you got out of debt, I'm assuming this is business debt is that what you're talking about yeah,
0: yeah yeah business debt
1: so like why did you like for instance, like the first one was it a bunch of debt to like get the store open
0: well it started we started like I started a long time ago in like two thousand fourteen and um I was trying to that's when I went full time and I like just racked up credit card debt and um I am even though business I, credit card debt? Yeah, business credit card debt. That's when okay. I had a business credit card. Um even though I now am really good at like saving and like being like pretty even keel and paying off my bills Um, It was a lot like it just got to a lot.
1: Is it because you bought a bunch of stuff up front to get the business off the ground of buying equipment, buying clay, buying this or that that you needed to front load? And then the selling of pots was going to pay that down and you just never caught up?
0: Yeah, I think so. And like, you know, I bought my wheel and that was eight hundred dollars. And then you have to buy glaze material and you have to buy clay. And it just like adds it adds up it really adds up. And then, and then I was also, I also had a house. I think I had roommates that were paying the rent. I remember sitting, I remember sitting at my desk and I called my mom and I was like, mom, and I was doing my budget. And I was like, mom, I have, I have nothing I can give up. There is nothing here that I can give up.
1: Do you mean She's like, like selling stuff off to make up money to pay your debt down? Is no, that what you mean?
0: No, no, like, like I had put my budget to the bare minimum that it could be. I oh. think I even had it like I gotcha. I had, I think I said the other day it was like a hundred dollars for food, but I think it was actually like seventy five dollars a month for food. And Holy crap! Like I was at bare. I was like eating meat and potatoes, bare minimum, and um and I don't know. It's just so fucking hard to get out of debt. I just remember sitting there and just thinking, like, I can't give up anything. Like, I can't. I have nothing. Your budget can't
1: be any tighter.
0: It could not yeah. be any tighter. Like, I gave up going out of out to eat. I gave up, like, I never really drank coffee anyway, but, like, I don't, you know, nothing like that. And then, And then I had $10,000 in debt that I was trying to pay down. You know, and like that's really fucking yeah. hard when you're like trying to do that, and you're like at the bare bones, and you make like literally no money. Uh, Plus, you feel like you're see. working
1: as hard as you possibly can. I'm sure you were working crazy like hours making pots yeah. and stuff. And it's like, what can I do to get this number smaller? Because it's like, yeah. do I even have enough to make my budget and pay everything that I have? And it's like, like what else can I do? Like, what yeah, do I have exactly. that I can sell off or something or, like... Right, I... like,
0: do you know what I started doing? And it was a pure Gary V moment. So perfect. I started oh, going gosh, to Goodwill. Oh, gosh, you were hustling.
1: You were you're probably I was buying hustling. cheap and selling high.
0: Yeah, I was hustling. Like, I was going to Goodwill on um, Mondays and getting all the shit for, like, what is, like, a dollar sixty nine or something. Like all the red tags, the so Goodwill every Monday they put all of the tags that were from the week before. Um, those are like a buck nineteen or whatever, um, or buck ninety nine. Yeah, they're getting rid really of so old I would stock,
1: go. and you're you're buying yeah, it and, I, and selling it.
0: Yeah, I'd buy bread machines for a dollar ninety nine and sell them for twenty and you know like
1: there you go <laughs>
0: on facebook marketplace and like that you is, can like, make
1: some money like rachel's been doing that and like yeah you can make some money doing that if you know what you're doing you know the prices you know kind of how to, you negotiate. Have to do some research
0: like i would take my phone in and i'm like googling pots and pans and like what they cost and like what they're worth and and all these things you know and i'm like sitting on yeah. the couches like doing research on that is Goodwell. legit
1: like a viable way to make money
0: yeah like if you is. want an extra
1: 500 bucks a month or something like you can make that work or a thousand bucks like you can do that
0: you can totally make it work especially like if you're into clothes or something you can do clothes but i'm more of like a kitchen utensil type and or like you know silver like weird mm-hmm. shit that in the and luggage section now that you section. can
1: actually ship stuff on facebook marketplace like rachel yeah. ships stuff all the time and your market is even bigger because yeah. you can ship it anywhere in the States pretty much. I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to somebody last night and she used to have a side hustle on eBay and she said that it made more than her regular day job, like selling stuff. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you just have to get creative, I suppose, but still, I'm. but still it's, it's, it's tough. Like I'm not saying that it's easy and it's, you know, I would have gotten there anyway. I feel like, because I have, I can't. I'm, my personality can't be in debt, but um, I get too anxious. So but, did
1: you did you kind of look at the reasoning or the, the kind of situations of what put you in that of like what got you to pay for stuff with debt versus like do you need it need it right now Was right. it a desperation buy or was it a like nice to have buy?
0: I think that it was it That's or does that change
1: your thought process of how you determine whether you want to buy something or not
0: now it does like it's been a it's it's definitely been like a journey right like like when I bought my kiln I put down $3,500 for this kiln right but I had that in cash like cold hard cash and I would not have bought I would have bought it like a used one. I would not have bought it and it was completely planned. you know, that was the one like item that I was planning on buying. So um, but yeah, I think that you know a lot of the, let's see, all of the all of the big kiln equipment, like the big kilns that I got, those were, those were part of it for the business debt. And, oh, and also I should mention that, like, even though I had, you know, I made $90,000 on the house, that doesn't mean that I moved $20,000 over into my business account. You know, like, that had nothing to do with the business. So, yeah, it did pay down some debt, but it was, it, it was kind of separate. So, um, but yeah, so like when I bought the kilns and (sighs) the kilns were a lot, like they were like $5,000. That was a lot. Uh, By the end of it, I think that I had a loan for like $12,000 and I pulled out, let's see, at the beginning of covid At the beginning of COVID, I knew that I was going to sell the shop. I think I had known that I was going to sell the shop. I got a $25,000 loan from EIDL. I consolidated all of my debt into that loan. And with full... And I knew I was going to pay it off by the end of the year.
1: Before you sold and, like, left...
0: Yeah, I had to pay it off by the end of the year. And then when I was done paying off at the end of the year, like, I had to borrow $5,000 from myself to pay that loan off. But that was it. Yeah. And then I ended up being 5000 ahead when I left. But, yeah, I, but it was just, like, But yeah, it's just like it starts to add up, you know, like especially the loan situation. That was for specific things. Like the loan was literally for a specific. Oh, it was the electrical. That's what it was. So it was necessary. Yes. Um,
1: Oh, okay. So you had to pay a big chunk of money to get the power and the electrical. Like your kilns won't work without a $5,000 electrical job or whatever it was. Yeah, I
0: think it was $8,000. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was $8,000 and then the kilns were $5,000. And
1: yeah. so,
0: um, so yeah, it was like these big expenses. And had I known, like had I known that I was going to leave in two years, then I probably wouldn't have done it. But, um, but yeah, that's, it's like those things that you just don't expect, you know? Cause like I was out of yeah. debt, I was pretty much out of debt before that. Like I had $500 left or like $1,000 left to pay off. Yeah. And then, and then the electrical came and then those kilns came yeah
1: the closest uh, related to that that i would kind of perceive because i've never taken on like business debt or anything like every penny that i've made from the business stays in the business i've never actually paid myself which i think moving forward as i get closer to like doing it full-time like i need to start paying myself so that it shows on the books that like i can afford to make this much right um and whatnot but um relating that to like what i've experienced was like home ownership that mm. takes a lot of money um yeah it does so that's that's kind of the debt relation that i've kind of thought about it um so when we got the house and that house was like super cheap like i mean would you expect anything different but <laughs> so the i mean the house was like hundred twenty thousand dollars. like you know yeah, well, like you, you live been in our kentucky house. so yeah Yeah, it's northern kentucky (laughs) (laughs) um like it's it's a good price and uh and you know we drop a bunch of money on it when we first get in here like you know it's first time you're in the house like there's nothing in there so you know you strip out carpet you put down you know you resurface the hardwood floors like that's something that we really wanted it was not a we're gonna move in and then we're gonna rip out the carpet and do that after like you do that before you move in at least that's what we did you know, that's four thousand dollars to redo basically the entire the entire floors of all the the rooms except for the living room, basically, and the kitchen. Yeah, like all the wood floors. So, um, you know, that's like four thousand dollars, and um, I think we did like a home equity line of credit for that, which is basically just a just a loan, and it's got like three percent interest. And
0: doesn't um, it like tack right onto your mortgage?
1: No, it's, like, a separate account. Oh, okay. So you pay it separate from your mortgage, but your are the reason you get that, I think our our credit line for that was, like, 11000 bucks. Okay. So that's, like, taken, I think it's, like, 10% of your, like, equity of your home, and that's kind of how it works, or a percentage of your home, and, like, that's what they're willing to give you. It's basically, like, its own credit card kind of thing, um, and it's got a set, like, you know percent that you have for interest so you know that's kind of what we put the floors on and then um in the house for a year or two years and then we had a bunch of leaking in the studio right right it's an older house uh the the inside of the studio is like not waterproofed but it's also my studio so like it needs to be something where i don't have a bunch of water filling up and like not flooding it has a drain but like a bunch of water in the floor in my studio yeah and, uh, you know, you get that work done, like, that's $10,000. So, like, that went to the home equity. <laughs> like
0: Yeah, and I know. It's just like, it is. Owning a house is just like starting a business. It's the basically the same thing. You just have to decide where that money is going and what you want to allocate, like, the yeah, funds to. And it's
1: like, what is a necessity? What's a nice to have? We obviously have those. Well, not obviously, but we have those conversations, Rachel and I, a lot of what should we spend our money on? What should not we spend our money on? What can you live with? What can't you live with? Yeah. So that's kind of what I relate a lot of the business debt talk to. You know, we, you know, we got like a nice to have in the back of, we just got like a French drain put back there and helps with the drainage of our house because we're reducing the amount of water that's coming onto the deck and, and they're hitting on the house. And yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, we did the waterproofing inside, but we also did the French drain outside. But we're also going to do, like, a deck on the back. So, we're going to spend a bunch of money there. And, yeah, you know, this time when we had that French drain put in, like, we could drop $5,000 out of our bank account and pay for it out of pocket. We didn't yeah. have to take a loan out. We didn't have to, you know, that's part of the money, like, we're saving. And it's, like, we can hand over that money. We also know that's going to add equity to the home. And it's going to yeah. help the home. I mean, with the business, like... I mean, you have those assets of, like, the kilns and stuff, so they do have value.
0: They do have value. Sell- and-, and
1: selling that off is is helping you pay down that, that debt, but it doesn't have 100% of what you bought it for kind of thing. It, like, yeah. appreciates and all that, so.
0: I think about the studio, and I think about, like, how, <laughs> you know, if it had been a studio that was just mine, like my studio, it would be so different as opposed to, like, having a studio that other people walk into You know, because, like, at that point, you're like, oh, I have to, you know, we did it really, we did it really, uh, like, cheap, comparatively. Like, we started it with $10,000. Like, I got a $10,000 loan from my parents. Uh, Can I tell a funny story?
1: No. No funny stories here.
0: Okay. So. Yes. Funny story. I got a (laughs) $10,000 I'm going to preface this with my dad is the sweetest person alive, okay? I got a $10,000 loan from my parents. I had to do a business plan. I had to, like, tell them what I was going to do, all the things. But I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get a loan from the, uh, a bank because I'm not an idiot and I made no money. Um, so, so anyway, I got it from my parents. And when I talked to my dad, we agreed, me and him both, agreed that it would be a 5% interest on $10,000. And um, that was my assumption for, like, the whole term of this loan almost, okay? So then um, that was in 2017, end of 2017. Then I sold the house in 2018, so about a year had gone by. I paid the loan every single month, all the things. And um, (laughs) and I'm talking to my (laughs) mom on the phone, and I was like... And I was like, I want to pay down this that loan. And she's like, no, don't pay down the loan from us. Like, she didn't want me to pay down the loan because she thought there was no interest on the loan. And so <laughs> she's like, no, don't pay down the loan. And I was like, well, it's 5% interest. I want to pay it down. And she, I could, I could hear my mother looking at my father with like the wrath. She
1: was like, you made your daughter pay interest (laughs) on this thing.
0: But the thing is the interest
1: incentivizes you. So it's like.
0: I know it totally did. And my dad was like. Yeah, <laughs> and I felt so bad because it was a decision that we both made together, like, but my mom was like, no, my children are not paying interest on the loan.
1: <laughs> right. See, I thought you were going to say you got near the end of it, and he was just going to say, oh, you've paid the principal, like, don't worry about the rest of the interest that you owe, and no, he was just going to, like, like chop it off early and be like, oh, surprise, you don't have to pay the extra interest.
0: My dad wouldn't do that. Okay. My dad's so hardcore. Like, he's a super sweet sweet man, but if but mm-mm. the first time I ever got a job, we went out to dinner and he was like, "So you're paying for dinner?" Like my dad wouldn't do that. He's he's just not that way. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so um and it, it, like he's just very straightforward with money and that's just the way he is and I mean that's why he's been super successful. Um and he had a regular run of the mill job you know with three kids so but anyway that's my funny story about the the loan but uh yeah I think about how if I had had a studio that was my own versus a studio that everybody else came into and I imagine that I would be in a very different position um if it was just a personal studio because, Is that because like,
1: you would have had the front-facing, like, customer area that would have looked, like, presentable and, like, nice? And then behind the curtain, it would have been, like, c- completely shit different. show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I still did it really cheap, but, like, you know, you have to have six wheels and you have to have, like, all these things. You got to pay for bats. You got to, like, well, if you do bats. Um, you have to pay for, you know, you got to get a slab roller, you got to do all these things, blah, 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 blah. There's just so much that that everybody has to have, you know? And when it's just you, you're like, eh, I don't need that. Like, this is what I use. Like, in my studio now, I have a quarter of the... You saw it, It's like a quarter of the stuff. Not mm-hmm. even. Maybe an eighth. You have
1: the bare essentials, and, like, those are the things you use on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, and that's it.
1: But, I mean, one thing is when you start teaching or something like you could start with the wheels and you don't have any slab roller. Like you start making money from the teaching and then you pay 300 or 400 bucks for a slab roller. Yeah. Or I don't know how much they cost. I would assume three or four. They're 800 $800. (laughs) dollars. Okay. So like teach for (laughs) teach for five months or something. And then you can, I don't know. I'm just guesstimating, but teach for a yeah. few months and then you scale up and say, Hey, we just got a new slab roller. We're offering hand building classes. We're gonna right. teach you how totally. to do this project.
0: Yeah. And yeah, if yeah, if you didn't need a slab roller, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, and I had like a mini slab roller for years. Even with the studio. You know, it took me I think a year to get an actual slab roller in the studio. So yeah. but but yeah, it's just uh Money sucks.
1: (laughs) So I had a question with the – as you're growing and figuring things out, do you change – how do you determine like a baseline of like what to start paying yourself? And as your business starts growing, do you just start increasing how much you're paying yourself? Or is it good to like set a defined number of – this is how much I need. This is how much I'm going to make because – if you start paying yourself more, does that just mean you're going to start spending money like you don't really want need to? Or,
0: Yeah, oh, that's like, a... You know what? I'm glad you said that because we should definitely talk about this. Because so, I'm going to have
1: to start paying myself, and I'm like, I don't need right. that money, but how much do I pay myself?
0: Right, okay. So, yeah, I think that's a really good decision, So or a really good thing to talk about because I did not do this correctly, but I know people that have done this correctly, so I'm going to talk about what you should do, not what I did. But, um... I mean, towards the end, I probably did it correctly. But anyway, moving on. Um, so, I think that you definitely need to, need to like, predetermine how much you, you need to live. Like, you are a little bit different because you're not going to need that. So, you might mm-hmm. give yourself a little bit less. But it's so important as... As a, a sole proprietor, I think that we're accustomed to just be like, oh, I'm going to take $300 owner's draw or, oh, I'm going to take $600 owner's draw because that's what I need to pay my bills right now. And um, I think it's really important to set a schedule and to set an amount. So pay yourself twice a month, pay yourself weekly, pay yourself monthly, whatever it may be.
1: What Do you keep that standard whether it's a good month or a bad month? You just keep yes. paying yourself? Yes, because you don't like change it by like, oh, I didn't make as much money this month. I need to take $300 versus $700. You need
0: to make yourself accountable to that. You know, you're never going to be successful if you're like, oh, I didn't make like it. Let's say you're paying yourself $500. We're going to be really like, do I
1: buy clay or do I pay myself $700? No,
0: (laughs) you pay yourself first. Always pay yourself first and figure the rest out. If you need a hustle, you need a hustle. You need to do a flash sale. You need to do whatever. When you need money, you find money, as we always say. But um,
1: a dollar's a dollar. <laughs> dollars a
0: dollar. A dollar's a dollar. When you need money, find money. Uh, but like, yeah. <laughs> it, and don't be know. like
1: Becca. Let's throw that trifecta in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't be like Becca. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think definitely you need it. And and what would be ideal is if it was an automatic withdrawal. So it was like. Okay, um, I'm withdrawing. This is why you need a separate bank account. Um, I'm, with, <laughs> I'm withdrawing <laughs> $500 every two weeks from my bank account to my personal bank account. And you need to make sure that happens, essentially. Um,
1: Making some notes.
0: Because if you're not, if you can't pay yourself, you can't live. <laughs> and that's important and so like for you when you already have a, a job i would just say generally just pick a number and pay yourself and then just put it into a high yield savings account or something like that you know or invest it like yeah I'm, i think
1: because i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to my there's like a small business person that helps us with our taxes but also he has small business stuff but i was gonna ask him like is it better for me once I start paying myself, should I put that directly into, like, a separate IRA account? Mm, Will that benefit? Or, because we already pay into a 401k for my job, and we are also pay into a Roth IRA, like, Roth IRA, so, or Roth 401k, one of the two. Um, And, like, am I at capacity? Do I still have more money? Like, should I be paying out of the business toward that pot of money still? Or, you know, Yes. I feel the, the way I think of the savings account and the like, a retirement account. It gives me more confidence that I have a pot of money there. Once I go full time, do you like, have any? Partially.
0: Do you have any accounts that are not retirement accounts? Like I have a Roth or a Roth? Is it a Roth? Roth? I think. <laughs> uh, what it's not a Roth, but it's a W R O S. I want to say
1: W R O S. I'm looking it up is. right now. I mean, um, I have a savings account.
0: Accounts joint. It is Ross. It's W R O S. I have a joint Ross, and it's basically what does that
1: stand for? What is that?
0: I don't fucking know. It's where <laughs> is that
1: at? Is that infidelity?
0: Yeah, it's infidelity. It's an investment account, but it's not a. It's not like a retirement account. So, um, it's like it's not a checking account. It's, a, it's a money market account. account. Yeah, it's like a money market account.
1: Okay. Which makes like 3% or something instead of a less than 1% what a typical checking or savings account makes.
0: Yes, it makes 0.08 cents every month.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to vary based on what your your pot of money is in there, but yeah.
0: But it's reinvesting that. So at my interest earned was 8 cents and then it reinvested that 8 cents. <laughs>
1: It's like a dividend. You've got an 8 cent dividend.
0: <laughs> this account has $15,000 in it. and um, Okay. So it doesn't have like a ton. Like, I mean, it has a lot of money, but it doesn't have like a ton of money in it. And that's why it's 8 cents. Um, <laughs> anyway... Yeah, yeah, so like you could do one of those where it's like a, a little bit higher interest earning and then invest the money and then that way you're still growing money and you could still take it out without any penalty. That yeah. is something too I, because. I think you know, the paying
1: myself just gives me, it gives me like peace of mind. Like it, it's starting to pay myself back for the work that I've done thus far. Yeah. Like I feel like I need to reward myself a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think that putting and it, it in an account like it's
1: it's okay to take money out.
0: Yeah, and I think that putting it into an account like that where you can take it out and you can like enjoy it if you needed to or if you wanted to is a good idea because you know if you're putting it into an IRA, it's kind of stuck there. And you can't really do anything with that. So like why not have some that like is hey, me and Rachel want to go on a vacation and we're going to use this money. You know? That might be a good idea.
1: Yeah. We but, just pay out of the savings account for that. We just kinda are like, Hey, we got that pot of money. Like, it's not it's dropping the bucket from that pot to Yeah. Go on. Well, a, yeah,
0: but I mean like, you know Trip this is it's like just a, mentally another savings account. Yeah. Um what was I gonna say? Uh okay. I mean the way
1: I say money, I would just build these pots of money that just keep growing and I don't ever spend it. That's <laughs> like, I know. Because you're like a saver. I would never spend it.
0: You're a saver, and we're all jealous of you for that. I am not naturally a saver. Um, I'm looking up the Ross meaning. Ross. Well, what it means in Nebraska is with rights of super survivorship.
1: With rights of survivorship? That sounds like a... (laughs) That sounds like a... (laughs) What do you call that? A will or something?
0: <laughs> with rights of survivorship. Um, yeah, no but... Idea. Definitely, you need to start paying yourself first. Oh my god, it really does mean with rights of survivorship. What the fuck does that mean?
1: I don't know. So, you pick a number... Is that, I feel like it's harder when you're in a, when you're in a family of like, how much do I need to, to make up for? How much can I will it? Cause, cause it's flexible. Like you choose what you want to take out.
0: Yeah. Like well, I mean, you can for, always you know? go the what route word, of like, you know? how much am I working every day? Like you could make it like an actual, you know, you could make it like an actual job, like how, or you could pay yourself per piece or, or what have you, you know? Um, that's a good idea. That's an interesting way to do it. If you paid yourself per piece, when but personally, like <laughs> um, I'd probably
1: do it hourly. Like hourly might be good.
0: Yeah. So if you wanted to pay yourself thirty-five dollars an hour, let's say. Yeah. Um, and you worked this amount, like, but that that doesn't work if you're like a workaholic and work more than, you know, that'd I mean, it like, does work,
1: but that'd be like four thousand bucks a month. Yeah. If I work like 30-ish hours in this studio, yeah. which I probably do anyways, like I'm not going to pay myself 4000 I was thinking like 1500 or like
0: 1000 yeah, like,
1: bucks to like get started.
0: For you, for, that's something. But like for somebody that this is their whole entire job, $4,000 a month might be what is what, what's reasonable. And at that point, that means you probably need to be making about $6,000 a month in your business. And... <laughs> Uh, Terry or not Terry uh, Larry Bruning always said he was like when you have to start feeding the kids you figure out how to make the money you know like he yeah basically you're not a lot of the times you're not motivated enough <laughs> until you have some like until you have to put food on the table and um, but I do think I mean that, the
1: industry we're in it's, it's flexible it can ebb and flow. Like, there's ways that you can, like, at the end of the day, saying, like, I can't make that work. Like, okay, what's reasonable? Like, what what is within reach? What can we do to make up the difference? You know?
0: Yeah. Otherwise,
1: I, it sounds like you're outside of your, like, you're living outside of your means.
0: Yeah. Do you want to know what a joint Ross is? I found it.
1: Sure. What is it?
0: okay with this being said i remember i opened this up with my mom so like many many moons ago i opened it up with my mom so joint ross is a type of ownership that can be used for real estate checking savings mutual fund and brokerage fund accounts all tenants have an equal right to the account's assets and are afforded survivorship rights in the event of the death of the another account holder the concept also applies to real estate property
1: so you kind of equally own the account.
0: Right. But my mom hasn't been in my bank account for years, so. Even though yeah. I still get a checking card for her. <laughs> 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 I think Yeah, I think
1: I was, like, I think I got a side credit card from my parents that I would have just in case of emergencies kind of thing. It's, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, like, I was, like, you know. I wasn't side by side with it. It probably wasn't that way. It was probably yeah. Like this a is sub like, thing. yeah. This is
0: side by side, and the only reason she did that because I would transfer money to her, and it was just easier that way. Um, yeah. But yes, that's what a joint Ross is. But yeah, I think that. I mean, that's that's tough to decide. But I think that, uh, especially if this is your sole job, you need to be looking at your expenses, adding up your expenses, what that means, and then, you know. Positioning your pay around your expenses and then adding in some savings. Like, if you want to do charity, if you want to definitely, if you have enough, put in enough. Like, even if it's $50 to an IRA, that's better than nothing, you know. Um, yeah. like, I mean,
1: it's gonna grow, so the thing is, you put it there, you're not gonna touch it, yeah, you know you know, $50 a little bit at a time is going to grow to a thousand dollars and like keep putting money in there. It's going to grow and you're not going to touch it for years, like decades starting early. I feel like is, you know, I got into that habit when I started working, like period, you know, when I first got my first full-time job, like you put a bunch of money in there. If you don't need that money, why let it grow into an account? That's going to make like 0.01% of interest, put it into account, like if it just makes you feel good to see that savings account grow like all right but like put it in something that's going to grow over time like put more money in your in your retirement if you can
0: how much interest does a retirement account grow <clears throat>
1: like it depends what? on what funds you put it in but i mean i have it in different mutual funds or okay um, like you but whatnot. yeah so you... it depends on what they their growth rate is but um I feel like Dave Ramsey always says, every if you have it in good invested mutual funds, every seven, seven. years it'll double.
0: Okay. Um, okay, so with that being said, the reason I asked that so like is like 7% is like if a good... Yeah, if you're putting in money to an IRA, if you just leave it there, it's going to stay the same. You do have to, like, invest it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I was <laughs>
1: assuming that you put it in something that is invested into some kind of mutual fund. It's not just a pot that's like a savings account.
0: I know. Is an IRA I'm...
1: just like a savings
0: account? Yeah.
1: I thought an IRA was like actually like diversifying it in in some kind of investment.
0: No, you have to do that.
1: Well, well, yeah, but I thought that was part of it. You do that along with when money goes in there, it ten percent of it goes to this pot, twenty percent goes to this pot, fifty percent goes to this pot. I, don't I think thought so. you would determine that when you set it up. I don't know. I have four hundred one k and four hundred one k. You have to pick your. Der- You have to pick how the investments are diversified. Typically when you join a job and it's like already built in, they try to give you those like target date funds. Like, Hey, I'm going to get this target fund that that's gonna, you know, I'm going to uh, retire it in 2065 or something like that. That's kind of what they'll start you at. But those returns are lower. Like they're usually like 5% or something. But if you put it in the right funds that are better, like right now I have them mixed between um, large cap, small cap, um, international, and what's the other one? Uh, mixed or uh, blend or something like that. So it's like four different ones, and I figured this percentage out with my um, with my mom and their her investment firm or whatever. The thing you'll look at is like, what are the fees? So like, are the fees low of like management fees? Um, Usually if you pick like a Vanguard account or something, like the fees are gonna be super low. It's like point, it's like 1% or point something percent. Versus like a 3% fee of like, they manage it and they take more money out of it because they're like spending more time managing it. And it's potentially gonna get more returns, but you're paying more in fees.
0: Yeah, see, this is so the stuff like that I'm, out. like, learning. Like, I don't know, like, any of this stuff. Like, I'm... Yeah. I just kind of... I'm... Just threw myself into the investment stuff. Just... I, my dad was like, "Buy Fidelity, this. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I feel so like I'm... I guess I'm,
1: I know more than I think I do.
0: <laughs> I think you do, too. That's what I was saying. Yeah, so, like, I... I just kind of, like, pick things out and I do a little bit of research, but that's why I'm reading this book about investing and, like, and trying to really get a better understanding of it, but, yeah, like, I didn't know any of that, that's what you just said. I don't even <laughs> know the, what a low cap is, so. What, what? What, low cap low cap, high cap?
1: Low cap, mid cap, so, like, large cap would be, like, humongous businesses. Think of, like, uh, Amazon, okay. Google, like... Big cap, huge businesses, million-dollar, billion-dollar businesses. That's kind of what large cap means. It's like it's a mutual fund that has a bunch of different big businesses in it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it means by, like, large cap. Mid cap would be, like, medium-sized businesses. Small cap would be, like, smaller businesses that are public, but they happen to be smaller. And, like, by small, it could be, like, 500 employees or less or something like that. Right. Um, 500 employees or less. I don't know if that sounded like I said five, but... Um, And then international is like investing in international companies that you don't want it all US based because what if the US dollar like drops a a ton, then all of your funds are in the US and it's relying on the US to be killing it on the stock market. But if it all drops then all your funds are going to drop. So you have some international ones. And then I think the other one's a blend of like, it's a blend of mixed or, or maybe it's like growth or something like that, or I can't remember, but. It's a fourth one. I can't remember what it is, but they kind of figured out the percentages of, like, you know, 30% to this, 20% to that, 10% here, and, like, 40% here, or whatever the numbers are.
0: Yeah, that's an... And that's what are, I did. Yeah. Okay. Vanguard's, like, an index fund, right?
1: Vanguard is just... Um. That's a... I think Vanguard is similar to, like, a Fidelity, but it's, like, a...
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And but they, there's a
1: bunch of funds that are in the Vanguard like name. And yeah, usually yeah. those are lower fee funds that you can yeah. buy. And the reason you buy an index fund is versus a small a single stock is like you're investing in a lot of different companies there. Right. There's less risk investing in that because you're betting on the you know, it could be an industry one like technology index fund or mutual fund or whatever. Like you're You're betting on all of these companies as a whole, on average, being in a good state versus like, what's the risk of an entire industry going down versus like Apple as a solo stock going completely down, you know? Right. It's just less risk.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, um, just on a side note, the market was fucking terrible today. Um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did look at it today. It was uh, lower. Yes.
0: I lost $800, uh, but also, you know, it's for the long, it's for the long term anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: It goes up. I eventually. guess the
1: one, the one beneficial thing when I do look at, look at what to buy, I'll generally look at the five to 10 year thing. Like what's the yeah. growth percentage over five to 10 years, not one to three years. Like I'm right. investing in this thing for a long time. So, you know, I never sell a stock that's short term. It has yeah. to be at least a year old before I sell it, and most likely I won't sell it. Yeah, I mean I'm a uh, saver, so I'm gonna save it. But
0: I was listening to I, when I was listening to this this white coat investor that tells all these doctors how to do the stock market. He was saying that he has like a plan. He has like a, a investment plan that he does, and um, part of that is that like they have to make if they're gonna sell something or whatever, It's it's um, got to be, like, three months out. They have to – they want to sit on it for three months and decide what they're going to do. Um, and you I mean they
1: th- own it for at least three months or they, they like, think about selling it and then they're like, okay, let's wait another three months within this three-month window.
0: Yeah, 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 I think so, yeah. I'm going to um, watch it. Yeah, exactly, like, watch it and, and stuff. So I thought that was good, like, to make a plan – that was like, you know, like a written out plan. that's like, okay, we're not going to do this. <laughs> if some, if it drops below this, we're going to sell. If it doesn't, you know, or whatever. You know, different yeah. rules essentially for that. But yeah, um, that side tangent was to say that you should definitely be putting your money into an IRA and start investing now even if it's $50 a month. And everybody can afford fifty dollars a month. That's what I've decided. Fifty dollars is a good a good amount. If you fifty
1: dollars, get it in there. Forget about it.
0: And do it it's at the beginning do, of the month. Because it's going to do its
1: work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you do it at the beginning of the month, then it's already gone, and you'll have to figure out the rest. Um, not everybody. Okay, I realize that not everybody has fifty dollars extra a month. Most people do. They just don't know where where it is. They're like, Oh, I don't have fifty dollars a month. I went to Starbucks yesterday. So yeah, you
1: can't go back and return that Starbucks and unbuy the thing you just bought off Amazon for twelve dollars, like Yeah. So I mean, you can't return it, but
0: yeah. <laughs> but trust me, I've been there, I've been to the point where I did not have the fifty dollars extra a month. I've eaten only hard boiled eggs for a while. So I get it. Um but yeah, if you can get to that point, it, just fifty bucks. That's it, fifty bucks. Yeah, I feel like we should wind down. I don't know if this really had any like plot to it, <laughs> but <laughs>
1: oh, there was a really
0: there was a really iffy part right in the middle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when the internet cut out, or just when we were talking? <laughs>
0: no, just when we were talking. I was like. I don't know what i'm actually fucking talking about here we are <laughs> and that was when you're like well, I, I don't understand to, I what trying you're to saying I
1: questions back to understand what you're talking about so we can give some clarity because if i can't understand what the fuck you're talking about i don't know that <laughs> yeah. they're gonna understand what the fuck you're talking about
0: i apologize for that whole five minutes of conversation <laughs> i feel like every every end of the episode i'm apologizing for something <laughs>
1: Well, that's why I try to ask the right questions to tease out what and get more, um, get more things out of you that maybe I would typically over-explain. But I like to tease out some more.
0: Yeah, we really do need to get Trip onto the podcast.
1: Yes, we uh, we need to make a visit to Louisville together, and figure out a time. He's and on- we need to clean.
0: We should just do it on Skype.
1: We could do it on Skype. Maybe. I mean, that, that makes the timing flex more flexible, obviously.
0: Yeah, and then he can't bail on us. Yeah. I mean, he could. I could bail on us, too.
1: <laughs> we would have to do it earlier, though. It would probably have to be, like, 7 p.m. kind of thing or something, but yeah, we'll figure right. it
0: out. Anyway, um, yeah, do you have any last thoughts on uh, money?
1: No. I mean, we talked about this a little bit offline, but some of the, I'm reluctant to talk about some things because I don't want to come across, I don't want to talk about the personal stuff because I'm in a position where it's like, I don't want to seem like I'm gloating or bragging, Right. but it's a situation I'm in and it's not that it's, I don't feel like I'm unrelatable because of that, because I still live frugally and I still like, I'm a cheapskate. Right. But, I th-
0: yeah, I, th- I definitely think that um, anybody that has listened to more than two episodes realizes that you live just like everybody else, or or, yeah. or less. <laughs> <laughs>
1: even um, and then even some of the like business stuff. Like I'm fine sharing it if people ask, but I don't want to share it in the in the thought that I'm doing it to brag. Like. Talking about the shows and stuff. Like, we cheered about how much I sold at shows. Like, that's showing that I'm progressing, I'm getting better, I'm understanding the market, I'm refining, like, I've sold at a lot of shows. Like, I've probably hit, like, 75 shows I've sold at. Yeah. Like, those numbers definitely improve. like, help me get to this state. Like, I can't be, I couldn't have sold $4,000 worth if I sold at, like, two shows in the past or five shows, like. Right. There's things that you learn. Over like, there's repetition. a
0: progression. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. It's, yeah, I agree. And we were talking about it before. And, like, even with the amount of money that I have in my account, which is not even that much, um, like my personal account, which is not even that much, like, it's scary to talk about this stuff because, um, and that's probably a lot why all of this conversation is really jumbled as well because, you know, you have to be delicate in the way that you discuss money anywhere just because it's, like, so – such a touchy subject. Like, there's people that don't have money. There's people that have tons of money. There's people that are right in the middle and um, and not – and people don't share that kind of stuff and nor do they need to because it's a personal – you know, it's personal, but we are, you know, in a position that we can share to educate and, um, but it's still, it's still a tough position to be in because you never know. Somebody could come back and be like, well, you make this much money or you have this much money yeah, and blah, blah, blah. Is it because
1: know? it feels like it's like a status thing or like a hierarchical thing or a, um, a like, a jealousy thing?
0: Maybe, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't view money like that. I am... I'm kind of like a team player in the sense of if you're a millionaire, like, if you're a millionaire or if you make this much money, like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I'm super proud of you. You know, like, um... Yeah, it's like how my parents, like, I brag about my parents all the time and how much money they make and have, like, you know how well they're doing it has nothing to do with me i like i you're just happy for them i'm happy for them i get nothing from it like nothing from it (laughs) and so it's uh, other than the occasional loan at five percent interest um but (laughs) but you know like i think it's so cool to be successful and I think it's also so cool to be vulnerable and say, I'm not successful and I'd love to be, or I'm, you know, I'm not where I am financially. Like I want to be financially. And how do I get there? I think that it's great to share all that stuff, but it is still super hard. It's not something to be taken lightly. I feel like.
1: And it's all relative to what your, your risk tolerance with like, yeah uh, you know, like I am super ri- Like, risk averse or whatever. Like I want to make the most educated decision with the least amount of risk or somewhat yeah. least risk. So like I got a comment one time with somebody saying, you know, you get a lot of different followers and people that dip in and out. Like they don't know your story. They don't know who you are. And yeah, you know, I, I got a comment once that was talking about, Oh, you're at 30,000 followers, but you don't do this full time. Like what's going on? Or like you should be, or, um, if you can't make it with 30,000 followers, then, like, what the hell? Or something like that.
0: That's such bullshit. Like, an
1: expectation. <laughs> and I, I kind of responded. I was like, the 30,000 means nothing. Just because you have a number on your screen doesn't mean that you are killing it and you're making, like, so bank. And, like, it's it, it's uh, it's deceiving. It's not, there's nothing equated to that number. It's just a number. Yeah, you can't put so much weight on it and assume that somebody that's make that has a thousand followers is struggling compared to somebody that's making 30,000 with 30,000 followers or something like that. Right. It's completely different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there's people that have a thousand followers that I know for a fact that make more money than some of the people that have 50,000 followers, you know. And just because they've got their community backing them and they don't need social media. Like, you know, they, sometimes you just don't need social media and that's okay and that's fine.
1: And it's a different skill set and it's like, yeah, you know, it's um, like I treat the the social media side of it professional and I treat it like a business and right. I put the effort into it and I, I do the work to, to get out of it what I want to hopefully get out of it what I put into it without too much drain, like mentally from all the, the work put into it. But um, you know, it, it's not, it's not a means of just like doing it to show status or right success or yeah. anything like that. Like I'll tell somebody like, Hey, I don't do this full time. I do it part time just because it looks like on my account that I do this full time and I'm cranking out pots and, And they'll be like, oh, you don't do this full-time? What? I assumed you were.
0: You'd be like, like, no, no, I'm a superhero.
1: No, that's why (laughs) I keep on my profile, it says aspiring business owner. or Aspiring small business owner, I think. Like, I'm still aspiring. Yeah. Because I'm not, like, I'm not there yet. Yeah. And that's fine.
0: Yeah, it is fine. It's totally fine. Anyway, yeah, it is. um, It's hard to talk about, but it sometimes needs to be talked about and I've gotten a fair amount of people in the past couple days saying thank you for being so candid I mean like I put my budget out like out there I literally showed my bank statements so and you
1: showed your like expenses and
0: or your uh, income and stuff like that yeah and it's like some of it's embarrassing it's like holy shit I spent $600 on Amazon like what the fuck or like I spent $300 $300 in Venmo, like, you know, some of that stuff's like, why, I mean, like, I'm still in the black, but like, you know, it's like, dang, I could have done better, you know, but um, I think that people sometimes also need to see that we struggle, even though we feel like we've got our shit together, you know, but yeah, yeah. money, 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 money. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And with that.
1: (laughs) We leave you here.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. And we're having so much fun. If you want to follow us individually on Instagram, you totally can. Uh, Ryan's Instagram handle is at rd ceramics and mine is five lines pottery that's the number five we would love to hear from you and don't forget to write us a review on our podcast we read every single one of them and we totally appreciate them they help us out an awful lot and they also put smiles on our faces i hope you guys continue to listen and we love you thanks bye